Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, January 9th, 2023. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter We Agnostics on page 54, the first paragraph, beginning with We Found to That and reading through Living by Faith and Little Else. Today's readers are Ginger C. in the 12 Steps, Kelly K. the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Ann A. in the text, Susan S. H. on page 164, and Penny E. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Loretta M., and our second hour moderator is Maria F. The share ID for Sunday, January 8, 2023, is 19,833. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Ginger C. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ginger. I will now ask Kelly Kay to read the 12 traditions of OA. Kelly, hit star one to unmute. I'm sorry, I can be heard? I can hear you now. Thank you, Kelly Kay, 12 traditions. Our common, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I'll give you a gentle reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter We Agnostics on page 54, the first paragraph, beginning with, we found to that, and reading through, living by faith and little else. I will now ask Ann A. to begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Rick. My name is Ann A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. We found to that we had been worshipers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on. Had we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money in ourselves? And then, with a better motive, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower? Who of us has not loved somebody, something, or somebody? How much did these feelings, these loves, these worships have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing, we saw at last. Were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? Did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? It was impossible to say we had no no capacity for faith or love or worship In one form or another, 
we had been living by faith and little else. What did I worship? I worshiped F-O-O-D. Probably since I was born till 20 for a minute and then back in the food until 2020. And for all those years, it was food, food, food. But I am so grateful I was given a miracle. And from then, my faith began. And Bill, again, is reminding us it's faith. And my faith in a power greater than myself. And this faith, this God, is continually revealing himself to me. Um, I had gone to Stepping Stones on Friday and picked up this book, The Soul of Sponsorship, between Bill. It's a friendship. It's a book about friendship between Father Ed, Bill's spiritual advisor, and himself. And Bill had just written the the big book, and yet he was thinking, he had a, 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 a drink thought, and then unbeknownst, the grace of God, Father Ed comes and he meets him, and thus his relationship with his spiritual advisor grew. And with that, we know the rest. But for me, it was a good lesson that, yes, I have physical recovery. Yes, I'm a sponsor. Yes, I do lots of service. But I have to keep my relationship with my higher power growing open. I have to communicate, even in the bad times. And believe me, there's a full moon still out, and my emotions are just beside me. Talk about goose flesh. Um, But it reminds me that with suffering, it won't last. There's a reason, just like Bill had suffered with his depression and his other torments, that there's always a message. And in God's good time, more will be revealed. And with that, I pass. Thank you. All right. Thanks for getting us started, Ann. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Rachel K. Baltimore. Okay, hold on just a second. I got Rachel K. Larry K. Prisca R. from Baltimore. Leah S. Larry K. And who is after Larry K.? And I got Johan. Johan. It was Riska R. from Baltimore. Did you get Riska? Riska, yes. Yeah, okay. Leanne W. from Philadelphia. Was that Leanne? Sue Ann. Sue Ann. Yes, Leah S. Okay, and Leah S. All right, there we go. So we're going to stop right there. Here's who I got for our first lineup. We got Rachel K., Dara L., Riska R., Larry K., Sue Ann W., 
Johan M and Leah S. Rachel K, you're up first, followed by Dara L. And just a reminder Thank to include you. your date when you introduce yourself. Go ahead, Rachel. Thank you, Rick. Hi, this is Rachel Kay from the Hoosier State of Indiana. Happy Monday morning, everybody. Um, yeah, I can so relate uh, to this reading and, and the different things that I worship, um, you know, including food. And thank you for the, the opening um, speaker and reader. Um, that, you know, we read a few paragraphs ago that either God is everything or he's nothing. So, what to me, that means, you know, I sort of like that binary choice because I tend to be an all or nothing person. In a lot of areas of my life, I have to learn not to be black or white. But in this area, it is black or white. Um, God cannot be 95% and what my boss thinks of me, 5%. God cannot be 83% and how, um, you know, how I think that I look, uh, when I go to this meeting and what they think of me, 17%. No, God has to be 100%. My sole sense of security, my sole sense of, of worth, because it, it really doesn't even me, it matter what I think of me. It matters what God thinks of me. And, um, and I already believe that my higher power loves me more than any other person could love me. So, yeah, I can't worship um, praise from other people. It's nice. It's nice when other people, you know, right now work is sort of central in my mind and, and my boss and everything. It's nice if I get kudos. But in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't matter. It, it's got to be 100% God. Even if there's a small percentage of somebody else at the center of my life, um, that's not going to work. It's like putting 95 cents into a Coke machine when a Coke costs a dollar. I'm going to get nothing. So anyway, thank you for letting me share. Thanks for everybody doing service on this meeting. Y'all have a blessed day. And I All right. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, Dara L., you're up next, followed by Riska R. Go ahead, Dara. Hey, great. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I live in Philadelphia. And um, in my active disease, in the active bulimia, I used to say that I worshipped at the altar of food and then I prayed to the porcelain gods. And, you know, every decision that I made, every action that I took was taken under the influence of the guidance and direction of my bulimia. And the results of that were catastrophic for me and for everyone who loved me. Um, but I really believe that addicts can't live in a godless universe. And so I'm always going to be worshiping something. And um, food worked until it didn't, you know. And then I, you know, I worshiped people. And I still sometimes can worship people or other people's opinions of me or, you know, even the big book or, or meetings, you know. Like I, I have to really um, – be careful because I am such an easily influenced human being um, that I, I have to bring everything to God. And I don't, you know, I bring a lot of things to God, but I, you know, I can forget and I can get caught, you know, in the 
experience of these little loves, these little worships, you know. And this morning, it's funny, in my in my time with God, I was doing some two-way prayer, and I asked God, you know, what is the value of logic? And the answer that I got back was, you know, like, logic is helpful when it comes to dealing with material problems, <laughs> you know, like solving for X, you know, those kinds of things. But if I hope to make a dent in my character defects, in my erratic emotions, in, you know, the urges and the impulses that drive me, logic isn't going to touch that. I have to turn my will and my life over to the care of a power that is greater than me. And at the same time, that power speaks to me through people, through meetings, through the steps, through, you know, the tools and all of that. And so how can I allow God to be everything while also acknowledging that if God is everything, um, you know, I can find God in the present moment, um, no matter the moment that I'm in. And like, I, I mean, I'm so imperfect about this stuff and I'm so grateful for that because I used to think that the big book talked about, you know, I, I used to think I would do this stuff and I would arrive somewhere and have it all together. And what I'm finding is that the more that I do this stuff, the more I realize just how much I need to continue to do this stuff because I don't know how to live without turning my will and my life over to something. And for the most part, I hope it's God. But, you know, sometimes I can turn my will and my life over to what other people think of me or my job or whatever. And then I realize in retrospect, like, oh, my gosh, what did I just do, you know? And and I'm grateful that today I, I aim for spiritual perfection, but I fail every single day and I settle for progress. And that's what helps me to know that I'm not God um, and that there's something better to worship than what than what places me in a state of misery and depression. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much for your service. Oh, perfect timing there. All right, Riska, are you up next, followed by Larry Kay. Go ahead, Riska. Hi, good morning. Uh, it's Rivka, our gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore. Um, thank you, everyone, for your service and for the powerful share so far. Uh, mental goose flesh. I, wow. Um, Bill really gets me. What an image. I got mental goose flesh whenever I thought about eating certain foods. I got mental goose flesh when I thought what other, you know that others liked me. I got mental goose flesh when I was able to buy something that I wanted. Years ago, I gave a little performance that, that people enjoyed, and they told me they enjoyed it, and I was like on fire. Like, they liked it. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I kept asking a close friend of mine, but but was it good? Was it really good? Was it really good? Until she looked at me like I was crazy. She said, I told you yes. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, and I made a, I, years ago I recorded a, a CD, um, and and people loved it. And, again, I was on fire. And when one friend gave me a different friend gave me a little constructive criticism. Like, I never spoke to her again. Now, when I get mental goose flesh about anything other than God, I I have to laugh at myself. And thank God today I can laugh at myself. Like, there you go again, Rivka. That's really nuts. And it struck me, what a miracle that today I want a relationship with God. And then I got mental goose flesh when I thought, oh, my God wants a relationship with me, little old me. Like, how amazing is that? How incredibly joyous is that? He wants to work through me, be there for me, and to think 
that I could have missed out on all of that because I, all I wanted was a relationship with food. I gave lip service to God, but we know what we care about by our thoughts and our actions. So years ago, and I'm, I'm really embarrassed to admit this, but this is probably the only place in the world that I could say this and know that people would understand. My son was young, and he was running into the house with a package of ice creams on a stick, and he tripped and fell, and literally, the first thing out of my mouth, I kid you not, was not, are you okay, but are the ice creams okay? I was afraid the ice cream might be smashed, and they wouldn't be as good to eat, because the way those things looked on the stick gave me mental goose flesh. The miracle today is that ice cream is no longer even on my radar. Now, instead of mental goose flesh, there's peace and neutrality, which is such an incredible miracle. Today, the miracle is to be able to surrender to the truth, to let go of anything that doesn't serve me so I can serve God, who really loves me and cares about me and wants a relationship with me. <sighs> so, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful, God-filled day. Um, and I pass. Thanks. All right, thank you so much, Riska. R. Larry K. You're up next, followed by Sue and Debbie. Go ahead, Larry. Hey, Rick. Good morning, <clears throat> Larry K. I'm a recovered compulsive reader, and I'm in uh, the Chicago area. So this paragraph it reminds me. I'm going to talk about. Um, it takes me to a place of of this notion of celebrity worship you know, worshiping people. And I'm not necessarily, ta- don't, please don't misunderstand me that celebrity that I'm referring to, uh, you know, an actor <laughs> or that type of some famous person, we can have celebrity worship of just people in our lives. We could put people on pedestals. And, um, and so in, in that context, I'm talking about, you know, can we tell the difference between reality and perception? No human being on this line or anywhere in this world will rise above the level of a human being. We know we've heard that before if you've been on this line, right? But really, what does that mean to me? That we, have, we are fallible human beings. As soon as we begin to place our trust and reliance upon other human beings, it's not, I'm not suggesting that this is a black and white issue, that we don't rely on people. We do. It's a we thing, absolutely. But it is damaging to us when we do that excessively. It's also damaging to other people uh, when we do that as well. So, you know, for me, um, when I when I look at this, when I look at this is, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, we, we, we have to, let's not, for me, let's not confuse celebrity with expertise. You know who's an expert in this program? Someone who has stumbled around, been beaten up, perhaps beaten into a state of reasonableness, and as a result of these steps on an ongoing basis is in a position to be uniquely useful to another human being. They can extend their hand and heart to another human being. There is nobody doing this perfectly. It's just we're not saints. The big book is quite clear about that. So when we come across that we have, you know, that we're the know-it-all, we're the be-all, we've got all the answers, you know, gather around, folks. Let me show you how you're, you don't have the right answers. We're doing a disservice to others, and we're doing a disservice to ourselves. We're not being compassionate to ourselves. So that's where I go with this particular paragraph, is we can worship human beings 
It's not just the food. It's not just other things. We can worship human beings, and let's, let's try our best not to do that. Ultimately, it's God. It's our relationship, and it's our walk with the higher power. Thank goodness of our own understanding, right? Thank goodness for that. Okay, with that, I pass. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Larry. All right, Sue Ann W., you're up next, followed by Johan M. Go ahead, Sue Ann. Good morning. Um, my name is Sue Ann W. I'm from Philadelphia, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you for everyone who's doing service at this meeting. I haven't been here for a while, so I'm really joyous to read this paragraph because I have always worshipped the gods, the people, the musicians, the artists, whoever seems to be better at me or more successful than me, and particularly music. Um, And what this happens is I am always less than because these people are more than me. Um, I've recently discovered that I don't need to do that anymore because I've discovered the strength of faith. I always in the past thought that people of faith were weak, but now I've discovered that having faith is a strength. And I don't have to worship musicians anymore. And um, I, this is just a short share. I want to say thank you for letting me share, and thank you everybody for your service. Thank you, Sue Ann W. Johan M., you're up next, followed by Leah S. Go ahead, Johan. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for service this morning and for all the great shares. and. Uh, this amazing paragraph. My name is Johan Ann. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in, in Sweden. Uh, yeah, what a great paragraph. Um, I always thought that things outside myself would fix me. Like if I had a lot of money, if I had the right girlfriend, if I had the perfect life, uh, and you know, all the diets that I worshipped, <laughs> the next diet were going to fix this, you know, because I had a problem with food. I had a problem with food. And then coming into OA, uh, you know, realizing that uh, food was not the problem. Food was the solution to the problem. And that this really is an inside job. Um, and realizing that this is not a self-help program. Uh, this is a God help program, which is fantastic news because there is help. Um, and working these steps with a sponsor, getting a spiritual spiritual awakening, and you know, start to live in the steps, and it's just uh, just an amazing thing uh, that there is a solution, and that the solution is uh, inside inside me, inside all of us. Uh, and uh, I used to read when I was a kid, I read uh, a comic paper called Conan the Barbarian. Um, and he had a god that was called Krom. And that god helped people that helped themselves. <laughs> and I thought as a kid, like, what a horrible god. But today that's my god, you know. God helps me if I help myself. I need to put in the footwork. I need to do every day whatever I can uh, to, to, to have a relationship with God. And if I just do that, you know, God will keep me abstinent and with all the other great things that comes with, you know. Um, and, ha- you know, abstinence is just a byproduct of having this relationship with God. Uh, 
other byproducts is you know um having uh, having a relationship with my kids having re- relationships with my with my family and you know being present with my kids being present with my family and all that and if i just keep putting god in in the first room if i just keep putting god first uh, everything else will fall in place you know? it it has for me so uh really really uh, grateful to be here today and uh, really grateful that there is a solution and uh, that I get to live in the solution one day at a time. And with that, I pause. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, Johan M. Leia S., you're up next, and we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Leia. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leia S. I'm recovered and very grateful in Brooklyn, New York. So here we go. Uh, In one form or another, we had been living by faith and little else. How can they tell me that I've been living by faith? First of all, to me, faith means synonymous with being safe. And um, my safety zone was to feel good with the sugars that I I put in my body, because it made me it made my body feel really good. It made me feel safe. It made me feel I've been doing routine stuff, and these things made me feel safe. Whether they were healthy or good for me, that's a different story. But there was something that I was doing that was making me feel good. Now, never in a million years could I imagine that anything else, aside from sugar, that could make my body feel safe. Uh, Never in a million years would I think that I go away for a weekend when my granddaughter got married and we all got together and people that I haven't spoken to and that we had such fun time never in a million years did i think that we i didn't even go to that sweet table that was prepared i didn't even think about other stuff i we had such a fun time we were laughing and yes we were eating everyone to his own and and, and it was good that relationships could could actually be mended in, in in eight years. Unbelievable. I really didn't think that. So what is safe for me? Um, not the food. Health is safe for me. And also um, just just doing for others and getting along with others. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Leah. All right. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter We Agnostics on page 54, the first paragraph, beginning with, we found to that, and reading through, living by faith and little else. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. <laughs> Who else would like to share today? Pamela Okay, Elena. I got Pamela, Elena, Lisa Jr. Who was this Jr.? Lisa Jr. 
Lisa Jr. Okay. Rena L. D. Rena L. And who is that? Uh, D. Somebody D. Brona D. Uh, how do you spell that? B R O N A G H. Brona D. Okay. Ginger C. Bell. Ginger C. Okay. Jan- Janice T M. All right, Janice. We're going to stop with you right there. Here's who I have. Um, I have Pamela P, Elena P, I think, uh, Lisa J.R., Rena L., Brona D., Ginger C., and Janice P.M. All right, Pamela, you're up first, and remember to include your state when you introduce yourself. So, Pamela, you're up, followed by Elena. Go ahead, Pamela. Yes, hi. It's Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Um, so when I read the paragraph, yeah, I never, I never been an agnostic. Um, I would believe in God. Um, God took me through so many things before I got a eating disorder. Or when I was abused as a child, when I was in a child pornography, and when um, I was sex trafficking, and when I worked in the adult industry, I always felt God love. Sometimes I need God. But he always did to get me back. But once I got the eating disorder in college and when I went to my first OA meeting, I always feel that this world believed God, like God could do other, you know, he could do anything. Why are you going to waste your time helping me or not to overeat? But I realized quickly that God cared about every aspect of my life and every aspect of everyone's life on this line. So I'm you not know, trying to include God in my program. He is my higher power, Jesus. So um, it be every day, you know, it's challenging to go to God and pray for the willingness to do what he wants me to do. And they a spiritual program. So the program is great. Um, but it, to me, it, it's not easy to have the willingness not going to the addiction, but to the to the program, the guideline, and working the step and using my sponsor and using the fellowship daily. So I'm in very trying. I'm still I'm struggling, um, but I'm not going to give up hope because of God. And I know God not going to give up none of us, and he's not going to give up on me. So just for today, I pray that I don't pick up, don't binge, don't go to the food, don't go to the negativity, um, you know, don't overreact, but try to stay calm and be still and trust in him. And for that, I pass. All right. Thank you, Pamela. Elena uh, P., you're up uh, next, followed by Lisa J.R. Go ahead, Elena. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, moderator. My name is Elena it's uh, I spell my name E-L-E-N-A from South Carolina, uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater for today. So what I was reminded of when I was um, um, reading this paragraph um, is the fact that children need, um, and, and myself as well, um, other people to have models and um, they're very, children are very focused on the outside. Now in the process of growth, you know, with optimal growth, there is a time when children need to 
discover themselves more. And that was not true for me. Like I remained um, without this 12 step and without the spirituality, I remained very focused on others. And so that's what they, <clears throat> this paragraph means by worshipers. I as well worshiped. And um, what happens in the 12 step program for me, um, I discovered that I had the capacity for faith because I had faith in my parents. You know, I had faith in my, <clears throat> that my uh, friends can keep a secret, but I didn't know what that is. Um, surely pure faith, in not, it's not true faith. It's not about making other people my higher power. So the 12-step program has, are, have been helping me to know a different kind of faith. And that is to just, that I don't even know to understand who or what it is. But I just need to know that in all what I do, that I do, I can turn towards that beautiful energy that is giving me love and compassion and trust. and. In, in this process, I get to know me. I really get to know me because before this, knowing me, it was, I, I had no, I had very little self-worth. I was so scared of knowing me. And when I do have this, this entity, my higher power, my higher power does not see me this way. My higher power does not see the world that is this way it you know in the values of my higher power that have helped me discover who i am i embrace those because they're all full of compassion love and gratitude and understanding and how and and i'm and i'm i'm now know the real me i now know the real me everything that's perhaps character defect is something that I needed before. I had no idea what I was doing. And they served a purpose. And, you know, they made sense at a time, and they are now transforming because I'm growing in spiritually first and foremost. And my body, my emotions, my psychological being is growing as well. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elena C. Lisa J.R., you're up next, followed by uh, Rena L. All right, go ahead, Lisa. Hey, good morning, Rick and everybody on the line. This is Lisa J.R. of Baltimore, Maryland. I'm grateful to be here today. You know, as a, as a person who had a strong faith walk in, with God when I came into program, we agnostics was really, some of the stuff was hard to swallow, and this paragraph was really at first very hard to swallow for me but um you know i learned um you know when i came in here i kind of was a ease and comfort addict i really at the bottom line i worshiped best quality you know the best food the best wine the best this the best that but the trouble was i had beer money and champagne taste and you know it got me into a lot of trouble God often was at the back of the bus, um, you know, this program has taught me uh, to really look honestly at my life. You know, I thought I was one of those guys that could never be honest, you know, that we read about. And the truth is, working this program got me honest with God, gave me a deeper 
relationship with the God of my understanding. You know, I, you guys and the big book uh, really helped me understand how warped my desires and my impulses were when I came here. And it really showed, um, and I love how it's described, you know, somebody holds the lantern over this text and walks beside us. You know, we're fellow travelers here. We're all um, getting better. We're all staying between the lines and on the, the path of recovery um, because, boy, that that impulse, that desire, that worship of other things can get me in the ditch real quick. So I'm really grateful to be here this morning. Thanks. Thank you, Lisa Jr. Rena L., you're up next, followed by Brona D. Go ahead, Rena. Hi, this is Rena L., recovered compulsive eater and anorexic from Ohio. Good morning, everyone. Um, listening to the comments, but also in the reading, um, I was thinking about how much when I came in, you know, I realized I had worshipped food. Um, and yet, and and after I, be, and, and a few months into recovery and, and longer, it um, it became clear that I worshipped so many other things. And whereas food, after binging for hours and hours, right, like it hurt. It really hurt. And it also made me, you know, hate what my body looked like. It had, I couldn't move. I didn't want to show up for life. And um, I mean, and the and the the enjoyment of it, if, if it was, if I can even ever call it that, in honest, in any honest way, was you know seven seconds maybe. But um, what I realized is how many I worship things that that um, that in our society are praised, right? Like I also worship thin. I worship achievement. Uh, I worship being admired rather than being connected with people. Um, and all of those things kept me as blocked from working this program as almost as the food, although I couldn't have gotten to them until I put down the food. Um, and those are the things on a daily basis, those things that I worship. But I'm so grateful for this program and other tools that regularly, especially like the 11-step, you know, especially having an 11-step partner even, that um, help me see the ways I worship so many other things. Um, that keep me blocked from all of you, like real connection with a higher power. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Rena L. Brona D., you're up next, followed by Ginger C. Go ahead, Brona. Hi, this is Brona D. here in Ireland and grateful, Rick, for your service and for being heard. So, yeah, this passage reminds me that somewhere along my journey in, in recovery, near the beginning, somebody said to me, um, what you think about the most is your higher power. And, I, and that just convicted me. It was like I was caught and I put my hands up because I, I really wasn't thinking about my higher power, a God of my understanding. You know, I had made into a higher power all kinds of things, you know, like a to-do list and, and needing to get things done or perfectionism you know needing things to be a certain way or yeah what other people thought of me so yeah that, that and of course before coming into program you know what did I think about all day you know from the moment I woke up you know how to get the food when and where and what could I get away with how could I control it how could I eat and not put on the weight and how could I stop how could I hide and not even get caught when I started again so, yeah, 
I worshipped and, and I worshipped the food. I worshipped the other stuff. And and how is it today, you know, through the process of doing the steps, having a sponsor, you know, continue, continue, continue. Like my sponsor reminds me of, of 10, 11 and 12. It's seeing where I need to, to course correct. Seeing, oh, I'm hanging on to something. And that's a really helpful image for me. You know, what is it I'm hanging on with white knuckles? that I need to prize my fingers off one finger. I need even, I'm powerless even to prize my fingers off. God, can you help me? Let go. Open these hands and surrender to you. You know, whether it be the food, the other people, the whatever that is today. You know, and as soon as my hands are open, I can receive so much more. And I get those gifts of freedom and peace and serenity just for right here, just for right now. So yeah, thank you for hearing me, and uh, I'll pass. Thank you, Broner D. Ginger C, you're up next, followed by Janice PM. Go ahead, Ginger. Hey, Rick, thanks for your service this morning. I am Ginger C, a real compulsive overeater in Colorado, and I love this word, worship. And the definition is to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power. And I'm just going to be real transparent this morning on this line because I absolutely worshiped this phone call, this meeting, and the people on it. And uh, it felt really good, and it built my ego, and that's all it was about. And, you know, there's so many ways to get distracted from the power. And that's what this is, the most important piece, is where is God, Ginger? And when I'm worshiping people, God is nowhere in the picture. It is all about ego, easing God out. And isn't that what addiction is all about? Separation. Any way to get me away from what matters most. So I go back to a chocolate cake. And, you know, it's just like Bill. I proved to the world I was important by the people I know, the connections I have. And, you know, there's a reason why we say principles before personalities in our 12th tradition. Because it's the principles of this work, the 12th this God connection that matters most. And we never want to take that credit away. You know, it says on the long version, and finally, we of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the principle of anonymity has an immense spiritual significance. It reminds us that we are to place principles before personalities, that we are actually the practice of genuine humility. This to the end, that our great blessings may never spoil us, that we shall forever live in thankful contemplation of him who presides over us all. And I'll tell you, it was really hard to tell you all that I had relapsed. I was the last person that I thought I would pick up and have to be sharing that on the line. And mostly because I had this worship tendency, this pedestal placing and all this crap And I didn't want to disappoint you. And finally, God whispered to me, Ginger, the only person you're disappointing is you. And thank God I finally got honest, because even though it's taken almost 15 months to get back after that first bite, it begins with that truth. So I am so grateful, again, for this relapse, because I am no longer wanting to know who's there and shaking hands and hanging out. It is a wee program. I love you all dearly, but my most important piece is God. And without God, I am nothing. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Ginger Seat. Janice PM, you're up next, and then we'll see uh, what kind of time we have. Go ahead, Janice. Well, thank you so much, Rick J. This is Janice PM, gratefully recovered in Massachusetts. You know, I'm way down on the list, and I think I heard everything that, you know, I needed to hear and what I was going to say. But, you know, I'm one of those that had a God in my life. I mean, I was brought up with a God. Um, excuse me, of my understanding. But, you know, I'm one of those that lost it. I lost it because my, like it says here, worshiping my own understanding, worshiping myself. I love that line. Had we not variously worshipped people, well, of course I did, you know, people, absolutely, If they knew more than me, you know, then they were better than me. If they were thin, they were better than me. Sure I did. Sentiments. That's the biggest thing is feelings. If I felt sad, of course I would eat. If I felt tired, I would eat. If I felt hungry, I would eat. You know, I felt my feelings all the time. And those were sentiments and, of course, things and money. But the self was so important to me. Um, I really figured out through my reasoning that, oh, you know, um, vacations, pleasures, money, prestige was the thing. Today, a husband, and I don't have any of those things today, but I had to be tumbled to the ground with my my choices and what what I thought. Now, I know most of us have faith when we sit down in a chair, um, at least I do. I don't think that it's going to, it's going to break. I just, I have faith that it's going to hold me. I don't think before, before I sit. And when I go into a restaurant, I don't say, Oh, let me see now. Do they, um, pardon me. Do they uh, wash their hands before they serve me? No, I assume I accept the fact that hopefully, that they did. So there's a lot of things that, you know, that uh, that happened that I just accepted and assumed. But when it came to my own reasoning, oh, no. See, because I always placed so much power. I wanted power from something because I was, you know, it, it's so important to have a power in your life that you can, you know, I was always searching, 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 searching. And, you know, I found it right inside of me through these 12 steps because all these things, all my feelings, do I, I'm going to eat because of this, I'm going to eat because my father did this, um, did not work. If they worked, I would have kept doing it. So inside of me through these 12 steps, I found that power whom I choose to call God that took the place and more, yes, of all these things, these worldly things. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Janice. All right. We've got time for a a couple more two-minute shares. Who would like those? Mary A. Mary A. One more. Julie M. Julie M. All right, guys. All right, Mary A., you're up uh, next, followed by uh, Julie M. Go ahead, Mary, and don't forget to include your state. Awesome. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mary A. I'm from Maine, and I am a recovering compulsive overeater and really grateful to be here this morning. 
This paragraph is so important to me because it hearkens me back to when I first entered recovery and swore that I was an atheist. And I needed this paragraph and the guidance of a sponsor to help me see the fallacy of my own of my own reasoning. I believed I was an atheist, and when I started tracing that back, I realized that I had a childhood faith. And when I was pre-adolescent or maybe early adolescence, I remember being really mad at God for things not going my way in a particular situation, and it, and it involved the church uh, that I was a part of. And I remember trading in God for other substances and behaviors at that time. And one of our sister programs calls that amputation. I just amputated God. And, you know, we see in movies where, like, you're dead to me. That was my message to God. You're dead to me. But what I didn't see was that I had substituted all kinds of other things, all uh, other kinds of higher powers. And it wasn't until I was working with a sponsor who was able to point out to me Mary, you didn't lose your faith. You just shifted your faith. And you shifted your faith to higher powers that don't work. And so how about trying a higher power of your own conception that will work for you, that will separate you from that first addictive bite, those addictive thoughts and behaviors? And once I started trying that, she also said, I'll close with this. She said, if you don't know what that higher power is, look for the evidence of that higher power in your day-to-day life. And your higher power will teach you about itself. And that, in fact, has worked for me. And today I'm so grateful that I have a loving and strong relationship with my higher power. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Hey, Julie M., you can go ahead and take us out. Julie, go ahead and hit star one, please. Hi, this is Julie M. in Colorado, uh, recovered compulsive overeater and addict of many other sorts. Um, I am so grateful to be on this line. And, you know, this just, it reminds me of my journey from being, feeling completely left out of the world, basically, like, you know, that, that, Spirituality brings happiness, and I, I had no idea how to get there. I had no idea how to create um, anything with, um, you know, a relationship with with God, and you know, I had no idea that that's what this program does, and that's what this program is, and um, working the steps. Working the steps is ha, is not incredibly difficult, but maintaining the connection to source has not always been easy for me. And it's through the greatest pain of my life where I have to dig deep and I have to lean in. And who's always there for me? God. And so, you know, without God, I am nothing. And I'm so grateful to be here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right, thanks for taking us out, Julie. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, January 9th, 2023, is 19,834. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. 
Well, Susan S.H., please read a vision for you. Our book is meant well, to be you suggested. Can you give your ID number again? So the, the share ID was 19,834. Um, Susan, are you ready to read a vision for you? I am ready. Yes, I am. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.